You are now listening to The Unit Report. Listen as we take a deep dive into the world of sports centered around Pittsburgh. Now, your hosts, Lucas and Troy. Welcome to this week's episode of The Unit Report. It's probably this past two weeks episode because we've been straggling a little bit, but we're very busy people, Troy and I. Troy's here. I'm here. I'm Lucas. And um, we're back at it here on March 25th, 2021. We're going to do some NHL. Uh, we're going to talk about the NFL free agency. A lot of movements going around we're going to talk about. And uh, NBA a little bit, some golf. And we're going to do this quickly, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for this week. Starting NHL, uh, Connor McDavid, the Connor McDavid, the best player in the league, Con- you know, debatably, is on a historic pace right now. He's I was ex- going to say debatably this season might not the debate this season might not be there, but yeah, not probably not this season. This season he's kind of running away with it. He's at sixty points. Uh, second place is his own teammate Leon Draisaitl with fifty, and after that it's forty-four for Patrick Kane. So he is 16 up on any non-Oiler and 10 up on any non-Connor McDavid. So he's on a historic pace, and he's on a pace to get 99 points, I believe, in the shortened season. That's impressive. That is insane. That is really insane. I, I forget what the – I think with the point-per-game thing, it was like sixth all-time. What's up? Yes. And I would just like to throw a nice, nice kicker in there for everyone that I did indeed draft this man with my number one overall pick for my uh, fantasy team. So he is paying dividends for this one. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, I Some of those late round picks of those young guys he got haven't worked out, I know. But uh, McDavid had to have to. Oh, Mike, half the teams like I are, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just, I mean, there's and a lot of. Jack Eichel, and I was like, oh, well. You have Jack Eichel too. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah, that's tough. It hasn't worked out well, but it will. Any saber is tough right now. We suck. <laughs> we'll get into that. But um, yeah, so we're gonna keep an eye on McDavid and see if he can uh, reach. He might get a hundred points in this fifty-six game season, which would be just unbelievable. And there are people debating on whether or not he'll get the Hart MVP award. I think it's a shoe-in. I think that no one has as good of a season that he, as he's having without being the MVP early on. I think we'll talk about this next episode. I had some bets placed on who the MVP would be. One of the people I bet on was McKinnon. He hasn't really shown up this year, but it, there's no debate. It should be Connor McDavid bar none. And he's just running away from the competition. It's, it's really, it's insane to see if he stopped playing, if he stopped scoring points right now, but played every game the rest of the season, he'd still be over a point a game. That's how far away like ahead of everyone he is it's it's insane to watch but it's crazy that Edmonton still may or may not be on the playoffs even with his crazy historic scoring pace so that's that about good old Connor got any, anything else you want to talk about with him not really all it's right just wait and see pretty much see I wonder you wonder if he'll hit the 100 mark I really hope in season that I would be extremely impressive but I don't know It'll be something we keep an eye on. Obviously, he's gonna win the scoring race. He's gonna. He may even get the most goals in the season. He's tied right now with Matthews, who a while like a couple weeks back looked like the shoe in for uh, the Rocket Richard Trophy, but now he's tied with uh, it's McDavid and Matthews. So we'll keep an eye on that too. Um, 
next little bit we want to get to is there's a fire sale going on in Nashville. A bunch of players are going to get shipped off. Uh, Matthias Ekholm, Marcus Grandlin's name have been thrown around, Ryan Ellis. But one of the guys that um, the Nashville leadership group has vowed not to trade is goaltender Pekka Rene. He has been splitting the starts the past few uh, seasons with uh, UC Soros, but he does not w- want to go chase a cup. He said he wants to retire with the Predators, and this is last year on his contract. So you kind of have to respect that, right? Like he's one. He wants to do the Shane Dunn special, where he just stays with the same team the entire time and isn't interested in chasing rings. You know, it's not going to do the Marty Brodeur goodbye, but yeah, the uh, ten games in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, what what a joke. But uh, yeah, that's very respectable and uh, good on him for sticking with it. Uh, two more goal, actually a few more goalie things we want to get to. Uh, Senators goaltender Joey Decord uh, recorded his first NHL victory against the Leafs. Uh, I think it was last week. He had a very emotional post-game interview. It was really nice to see, and he's going to get an opportunity here because the Sens' goaltending situation has sucked. Was Was this the game where the uh, the Flames tried to steal the puck? No, 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 was no. Was that this game? No, no. This what was, was that? what game was that? This was Sens against the Leafs. Uh, the, the game you're talking about was more recently. That was uh, Philip Gustafson got his first win with the Sens. Okay, too. that was I, I remember it was someone's first win, and then someone tried stealing the puck. I just yeah. saw it briefly, but yeah, that's uh, interesting. You brought that up. Yeah, it was uh, the goaltender who won that game. Another goaltender for the Sens that got his first win, Philip Gustafson, was a uh, Pittsburgh Penguin prospect. But we traded him in the Derek Brassard de- uh, deal. The deal that didn't really work out very well. So, but um, yeah, it was Rasmus Anderson of the Calgary Flames who took the puck and kind of like was going to carry it away. And then uh, I think Brady Kachuk had to go down and like almost fight for it to get uh, his, you know, the game puck for the guy and uh, really a kind of shitty thing to do for uh, for the Calgary Flames. They're having a gong show of a year. They're uh, very, I don't know, their leadership guys like Matthew Kachuk are just kind of like a-holes as it is. So it's not surprising to see them kind of pull stunts like that. But thanks for bringing that up. I almost forgot about that. Um, one more thing before we get into a conversation here is um, L.A. goaltender Troy Grosnick. He gets his first NHL victory in over six years. I believe it was with the Sharks, his last one. And uh, he was he stuck with it in the AHL and got back. And because of some injuries, he was able to get a victory. So good on him. Now, last a little bit of goalie news we want to get to and i want to talk to you about this is the st louis blues signed jordan bennington to a six-year six million dollar per contract he hasn't been very good since he won them a cup to be fair he kind of single-handedly won them that cup they really once he got called up they really rallied behind him do you think a six-year 36 million dollar contract for him is too much before we get into that I just want to say how much this resembles the Matt Murray saga, where it's like, you know, if Murray arguably wasn't here, then, you know, what what year was it, 16 or was it 17? I think it was 17 mostly, uh, where he kind of had to hold up the fort, and then it's like he didn't have, uh, you know, spectacular years after that, and now he's uh, shipped off to uh, Ottawa. But I don't know, I was just uh, – make a note of how much, uh, you know, kind of the same situation, except obviously he got a fairly large, fairly long-term contract. Um, I don't know. 
I guess money-wise, it's whatever because, um, I don't know, I guess the team's going to end up – they'll end up accounting for it anyway with uh, – um, I, I just lost my train of thought. That's embarrassing. But I, I just compl- – that, that was – oh, well, whatever. Moving on. Um, I think it's the six years that's kind of the kicker for me because that's like – like, if it was, like, three to four years, I feel like that's what most guys get, where it's kind of like that, you know, it's not like a year deal, like a year or two, where it's like, okay, we're not kind of committed, but at least three to four, it's like, all right, we'll let you stick around here for a little bit. But I feel like six years is kind of a, like, six years, six million is a big contract. And if he doesn't, you know, if he kind of tanks in, at like, year three, then that's a pretty heavy contract to have to deal with if they can even buy that one out. He's already 27, so and he turns 28 this summer. So by the end of the contract, he's looking at, what, 34, 33, 34? So. 34, yeah. It doesn't 28 look. And, 28 and 6. I guess it's only the private school math that teaches you that. Well, it, well he turns it this summer, so I, it depends on when the offseason is, you know. But, yeah. It's it's okay. No, I'm, I'm still right, but, yeah, that's okay. Uh, anyways, the th- whole thing with the goalies getting uh, three years, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, getting three to four years instead of six. If you look historically in the past few years, I mean, Murray's deal had more like per year. His was seven, but he got a three year deal with Ottawa. Uh, Jari, DeSmith both have I think their deals were both three years whenever they signed in Pittsburgh. It's going long term with a goalie is never a good idea unless they're. That's right, yeah. Unless they're like a top three goalie, like a John Gibson, a Carey Price, but Carey Price's deal isn't even looking that good anymore. Sergey Bobrovsky's looks terrible, and he hit like a seven-year deal. That's what I'm saying. Look at uh, Carey Price's; he's in that insanely long. How many years is his? His was eight, seven. but I, I think he is has. It, it's like seven or something. He probably has like four or five left, though, because he signed it after yeah, I think I his mean, MVP year. That's not paying out too well, so. I don't know. I feel like that and then with injuries, like how injury prone they are just from the nature of the position. Six years, I don't think it's the six mil that I had a problem with. I think it was the term that kind of scares me. Yeah, you do six million at like three or four years. I think it's more like more tolerable. But that's, yeah, it's, I think it's going to end up being a bad deal. And he, other than that cup year, he hasn't been very consistent. Even this year, he uh, his save percentage is 905. Like that's good. That's average. But like for a guy you're paying six million and you gave six years to, you expect a little better than that. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't go for uh, if they were going to give him the longer term that see if he'll take less. You know what I mean? Just so at least yeah. he can say he'll have a job for six years. Because I think that's I feel like that's kind of the point of having the three to four years where it's like all right, we'll pay you, but like if you don't perform for you know the three years or whatever we signed you to then you're gone but this isn't the case yeah i'm really happy looking back at it obviously a lot of penguin fans are crying that they want like we should have kept flurry or whatever and then the whole murray thing turned out to be kind of a disaster but what what we're paying our guys now with jari's making over three dismiss making over one i like that situation that tandem a lot better than paying murray seven or bennington six i think the situation that the penguins are, are utilizing now is a lot better than what the blues have or what ottawa has right now yeah the penguins goaltending now is night and day compared to what we started at in the first what 10 games yeah it, it was worrisome so yeah, like now it's kind of, you know, if you, you get the uh, 
the update for whoever's starting tonight. I don't really think, I think you just kind of look and you either see the, uh, the Smith or Jari and they're like, all right, you don't really, you know, there's not really that uh, train of thought where it's like, oh boy, how's this one going to go? Or, I don't know, it seems like they've both proven themselves pretty well for the, I guess, combined, what, four and a half that they make or whatever. Yeah, I think it's four and a half, five, almost five. Combined, something yeah. like that. But uh, I think it's it's they've turned out to be good deals, and it's goes past this year. I think they both expire after next season. So uh, if they keep performing, I think it's uh, a really affordable, and it's you don't want to spend too much money on your goaltending. Is what the gist of this conversation was, I think. Um, moving on, Eric Carlson uh, put out a pretty bold statement after a couple Sharks losses. He says that he doesn't he doesn't want to rebuild again like he spent all those years in ottawa doing which he got to the eastern conference final and was a uh, goal away from going to the stanley cup final with ottawa so i don't know if that's a fair assessment entirely but i digress um he says he wants the san jose to win now and thinks that he, they can with the core they have now they can win in your opinion is I, i'll i'll uh, rebuttal after you talk do you think that they, with the core that they have of Burns, Carlson, Couture, those guys, do you think that they actually can win around that core, or do you think it's beyond repair and they should just rebuild? I don't know. Um, you kind of think there's they're, – they're kind of a sticky situation because I feel like, like obviously, um, like you said, he doesn't want to rebuild because of all the time in Ottawa – and then they seem, then they like they came so close, yet so far, um, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised he's still like he's still all right, and he he just doesn't have like like nightmares of uh, Chris Kunitz every once in a while. But uh, I don't know. The Sharks are in kind of a weird position. They haven't been that bad for that long. I mean, they did make it to the Cup final, like and then lost, but they you know still made it. Give it another like year. Um, I don't know. If Carlson wants moved, then that's on him. So, I, I they have so many bad contracts on that team. I think they kind of need to make it work. You look at guys like Vlasic is making seven million for the next six years, and he's not the player he was. He was an Olympian once upon a time, but he's he's old and not as good. He's already thirty three. You have Brent Burns making eight million for the next five years, and he's already thirty six. Like they, they they gave a lot of term to a lot of older guys. I just don't see it working very well. I mean, I don't even think you can sell off a lot of those contracts because they are so atro atrocious. You kind of just need to sit in your own filth and make it work, you know? Pretty much. I mean, when you're in the area, this is the point of the salary cap, so you can't do this. Whenever you do do this, you're getting punished. So. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if, he did, if they uh, sent him back to Ottawa to get rid of his contract because they can eat it? How funny would that be? That's some. That is something that's possible. They're like the only team that could eat that contract. That's what I mean between them and the Red Wings. But another thing that's interesting about—I don't know if we talked about it before—but another interesting thing about the whole San Jose con uh, controversy is: Have you heard anything about Evander Kane's situation? Do you, are you aware of like what all that is about? This was a while ago. I don't remember. Well, there's stuff that's been coming out recently is about he basically he's like bankrupt and he own, like owes a lot of people like, you know, debt places money. Oh, 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 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, this. Where he yeah. like he uh, what was it? He he got his he signed his he, yeah he like got his contract and then he went then he got buy like some car or someone for somebody. I think he then, bought, I think it's a lot of stuff though. I think it was like a bunch. Yeah, of like he went things. and bought a bunch of people a bunch of crap and then ran out of money and now yeah. Essentially, but one of the things that was brought up in the bankruptcy filings because he has to file for bankruptcy is that his contract might be terminated. And if that's the case, if it's a termination, uh, he is a seven million dollar cap hit for the next five years. Obviously, that's one of their many bad contracts, but you get him off the books, that's seven million bucks you can play with and flood in like they already have two million in cap space that gives them nine and a half. You can kind of build pieces to become more of a competitor. I mean, I don't think he's worth $7 million. If you can you put that to better use, which I think you can, that's that looks like a better team. I think goaltending is one another big issue for them. They're putting seven, almost $8 million into Devin Dubnik and Martin Jones, which is a terrible tandem. They are objectively bad. So maybe there's a solution there. I think they need some more depth scoring. There's a lot that needs to be done over in San Jose, but I mean, his contract getting voided is definitely a step in the right direction, possibly. As evil as that might sound. But nonetheless. Um, Nikita Kucherov is skating again. He's missed the entire season uh, with some kind of injury. I don't even remember what it is. But uh, he it was officially announced through like his general manager, uh, Julian Brisois, and this coach that he will be back by the playoffs. Essentially, they're saying that when the playoffs start game one, he'll be ready. Game one of the playoffs isn't until like mid-May, I think, like late May, maybe June. And then I think it's pushed like two weeks from when they normally. Oh, yeah. And and they expect him to be back. And they're like right now, they know he'll be back by then. Is this not straight up shenanigans that they're that they know because they couldn't get under the cap and they put him on the gave him the entire season off and we're like the second the playoffs start the cap doesn't exist anymore we'll let you play when that begins it it's straight up it's shenanigans right like th- like they're not even hiding it it's genius it's called beating the system but it's but they're doing it like but they're, this this is the thing this is what i respect about it is i think there's a difference between there's uh between you know finding the loophole in the system and then hiding it and then you know like, I don't know, making up some crap to where he has to disappear or whatever. And then you're just straight up saying it and being like, yeah, well, we screwed up. So we're just going to use this loophole we found and then have them primed and ready. And then we're just going to go for it and hopefully curb stuff everyone. I respect it. I think it's just straight up cheating. <laughs> I think it's, it is straight up cheating, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't like it. I and think the league should do something about it. They made the salary cap. Fix it. Ah, man. He was the MVP like a year or two ago. Like how, how do they like that? And it's not even like they're doing bad without him. They're still, they are still succeeding despite, you know, having him not be there. It's pretty extraordinary. uh, The situation there. And I think the league does need to take a look at it. I think it's straight up cap circumvention. They're finessing the system. I don't really know what else there is to say about it, but I just wanted to talk about it because I don't think enough people are talking about it. I don't know. I think it's all right. You want to go into the beloved Tort story? Yeah, he he benched Lining again, 
And there have been reports from pretty reputable people. I know Pierre Lebrun of TSN was one of the people said that he doesn't want to say it seems like a coach just wants to get fired, but with based on like the crazy decision-making that's been happening this season, it kind of does seem like Tortorella may want to be fired. Does that make any sense at all? Or like, does it, do you think it seems that way? Because he's been benching line a, uh, like I think two or three times since he's been there, he benched Dubois and people there's rumors that, that he's the reason that he, that, that relationship kind of, you know, fell apart between the blue jackets and Dubois. And now they're without Dubois and they need to re-sign line a this off season. So he might just walk. Does it seem like uh torch just wants to go? Uh, Torch is an unpredictable cannon. Everyone knows this. And I don't know why people expect reason with this man, but if we're being honest, they're 500, and they are uh, three points back from making the playoffs. So whatever is going there, whatever is happening there with the current talent that they have can't be that bad. Yeah. I mean, I get I don't know. I just don't – I think it's the Torch way of doing things. Everyone knows how Torch is. He doesn't care. He kind of does whatever he wants. And I think with the talent he has, I, I think the results are pretty accurate. So – they're fifth place behind the Blackhawks, who are two points above them. I mean, I don't think anyone expected the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks, to be a uh, playoff team this year. But uh, two points—that's one win away. They are one win off of being a playoff team. I don't know. They already have a game on Nashville, but honestly, I don't know, man. I feel like Nashville might be a contender now that uh, Tim Peel got banned and he no, can't no. call any more penalties on him. So I don't know, man. No, Nashville, they're they're like hell bent on selling this uh, on the Chetta trade deadline. They're going to be get, like throwing off a bunch of pieces. But will you talk about that for a second? I don't know a lot about it. I heard the the video, but like it. So basically, basically what happened is uh, former NHL ref. I I think it's current NHL. I don't really know. This is what I heard. Basically, what happened is they were, uh, he was roughing the Preds and Red Wings game. And as they were going to commercial, he said that early in the game, he wanted to call, he wanted to make a call on the Preds or something. And then, long story short, the NHL released something where he would no longer be working games. And then another thing came out literally like two hours ago that said that they never truly fired him. And he's still getting paid and gets his pension and everything else. And it's more of a leave of absence as any, uh, uh, more of a leave of absence than anything. So the whole thing just kind of weird. Personally, whenever uh, I heard this, uh, I asked my roommate, like with the whole, because um, he's a rough, just like, I don't know, like how, like how this works and, you know, that kind of stuff with like, you know, saying stuff about different teams and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought it was kind of weird that the uh, league made it, like, public. Like, did they put this? Because I didn't, in all fairness, I mean, obviously what he said is, I guess, wrong with, I, I don't want to say rigging the game, but, like, the debate was, like, on if what he said is worth being, like, thrown like losing your job ever. Because I'm sure this stuff happened. You, you know what I mean? Like whenever the mics are off, which he obviously thought it was, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's way worse stuff being said. Oh, yeah. But the thing is with the NHL is that there's they always 
like the referees, they always have makeup calls. If they're like, they always want the penalties to be even in a game. So like, that, if, that was the thing. They called one on Detroit. Yeah. And that's the thing is that it's not like it's a secret. Like he just said what they've been doing for years. Like, why are we pretending like it's like, oh my goodness. Like that he admitted to like this thing, like they've been doing it for as long as I've been watching hockey. Like, I don't know like, why. How many times have you, if we're being honest, how many times have you seen the third period of a like tight game between like two hot teams that are, you know, back at it and then say, you know, they're tied and um, like, you know, they're tied in penalties or like penalty minutes or whatever for that game. And then you just see some dude taken down. They don't call it. And then five minutes later, some dude on the other team gets absolutely destroyed. And they're not going to call it. Even I saw I was at the game last night against Buffalo and I saw it the other way around where that um, I think Buffalo took like some really bad penalties. Ristolainen was just cross checking Angelo on the ground for no reason. I don't know if you saw that, but it was really stupid. And then um, I forget who it was. Was it Jankowski or maybe may been Latang? Someone uh, took like a really like barely a penalty and they, they gave they gave the penguins like the smallest thing a penalty i think it was jankowski like a high sticker or something and it, it was nothing but it was just because they needed to even up the numbers they do that every single game and just because tim peel admitted to it now like the league is like oh no we can't allow that you've allowed it for decades and now because someone actually admitted to it you have a problem with it how about instead of getting rid of the guy who said something about it how about rooted out of the league anytime there's any infraction except like the playoffs whenever it's like hot like more like intense i get that if there's any infraction, call it. I don't care if penalties are seven nothing on like one team in the in, a, in during the game. Teams like the Boston Bruins get rid of, I mean, get away with a bunch of shit because everything they do is illegal and they can't call this is, everything. This is how the Flyers still exist. The Flyers and the Bruins. I think the Bruins are a better example of it because like Marshawn and like back in the day Chara, they like slash and cross check every other play but you can't call it every time because then the penalties would be 10 nothing they needed to even it up so it would take like something absurd it would take Zidane Chara putting Max Pacioretty's head through the glass in order to uh call a penalty like it's it, it pisses me off because I saw it happen live last night like in person I saw them evening up the the calls and that, that's not how the game should be played if there's an infraction call the damn infraction i don't care if the penguins have 10 penalties to buffalo zero if they did pe 10 penalties if like 10 infractions and buffalo did zero that's how it should be every game should be called the same why, why is a penalty in one game different than a penalty in another it's so stupid to me that's my rant. I don't know. I was just very. I was just more or less confused on what on why the NHL decided to go so public and like. I guess try to make an example out of it because like it's not like you know what I mean, because you know how like I, I don't not that this is even remotely relatable, but how, like how someone would say something that's like racist or sexist or something, and then they would go on and rightfully so make an example of the uh, make an example of the person, which I in, in all fairness is well deserved. Sure. But like. You know what I mean? Like, it's a game. Like, you know what I mean? What he was doing is calling a penalty, and it's not like it's something that's unknown. So I just thought that was very, I guess, kind of extreme. It's just hypocritical of the league because they have to know that this has been going on for so long. And 
it, it's a PR thing. They they saw like someone admit to it on a hot mic, and they're like, oh well, now now we got to do damage control. Now we got to pretend like we had no idea this has been happening since the like since when hockey was invented. Like get that yeah, and then get then that I'm BS just out of the Hall of Fame like everyone else. It, it's just BS, but thanks for bringing that up because I forgot to write that down. That was a really good thing to bring up, but we, I brushed on the Sabres. This is going to, we're going to going to kind of combine the Sabres and the game last night. So I went to my first COVID hockey game uh, at PPG Paints Arena, P- Penguins, Sabres. I bet a ton of money on the Penguins because obviously the Sabres were on a 14 game losing streak. Yeah. The Penguins are going to blow them away. And they did five to two. It was a great game. Um, I have a couple takeaways, but the first thing I want to talk about is the Sabres, just generally the Sabres before I get into the game itself. They are historically bad. They are three losses away from tying the NHL record, which is the Penguins 2004 record for games without a losing streak. 18 games. 18 games. They're at 15 right now. And they play tonight against the Penguins starting in a half hour. So, um, Jack Eichel's out, like you said, long-term earlier. Originally, it was day-to-day, then it was week-to-week, and now it's just long-term. Uh, Taylor Hall played very bad last night. He's been okay, but last night he played terrible. Rasmus Ristolainen, who's supposed to be one of their better D-men, looked really bad and really undisciplined last night. He was just getting penalties for stupid BS. He was just he, he just cross-checked Angelo on the ground for no reason. There was not a fight. There was nothing. He wasn't even by the puck. No reason. Jeff Skinner has been historically bad this season. Rasmus Dahlin, who was their number one overall pick defender a few years ago, he looked really bad. I don't see an out for this team. I don't know what the solution is. I feel like this team has so much like off the ice stuff that is happening. They're cursed. Pretty much. But like, it just seems like there's so much going on off the ice and so much drama between players that went out and then players that are like, no, we have hope. And then some of them are straight up just like, this sucks. And they're kind of right. But I don't know. I just feel like that they've reached a point of where it's just like, you're no longer, like you're no longer going out there and just playing a game and going back and getting on the plane and then going and doing it again in like two days. Now it's like, you know, you play the game and you're going to see who says something or someone has like a, since someone has like a thing against the team or whatever, it just seems like that it's starting to kind of look like the uh, coyote situation where it's just like you have on the ice and someone's going to say something stupid. And then it's just a never ending. It just seems like the game never ends. They, they have the option to trade Taylor Hall. He's on a one year deal. It's expiring this off season. So just let him rock and move on. He's hasn't been playing great either. Like I said, during the game yesterday, he looked pretty shaky. I think, I mean, obviously it's not going to be, we've talked about this before. Like it's not going to like solve everything, but I think you need to burn it down and start it all over again. And I think that includes trading Jack Eichel because he, there's something with that injury that doesn't make sense to me, how it was a day-to-day injury. Then it became a week to week injury. And then he was basically out for the season, like longer term. The assumption is he's not going to come back. No, didn't he talk some crap on the team too? I don't know. I, I don't remember that. I thought either. he talked some crap about the organization. Oh, he may have, but I think that's it. They need to the root the root of the problem is something inside the organization, something with ownership. I don't know, but with and you need to free these guys. 
let Jack Eichel go be Jack Eichel on a team where he has a chance to make the playoffs. The top two teams that everyone talks about in Jack Eichel trade rumors are the Rangers and the Kings. The Kings right now, let me check right here. I think they're in a playoff position. No, they're not. They are not, but they are, they've actually played really good hockey this year. Rangers are on the brink as well. Hi. Um, update. So I just saw us on Twitter uh, with the captain hit yesterday. He's week to week. Week to week with a lower body injury. Not I, great. I didn't see it happen live. Like, I mean, I, I must have missed it. I don't remember it happening. It depends where you were because it was up along the boards. I, I must have missed it. I don't remember. Hmm. But I don't know. That's week, week to week. So week to week, in reality, is probably, what, three? Well, it depends. Maybe. Are you Jack Eichel? Correct. Yeah. In that case, it's till July. True. But he played really Dude, good hockey. Honestly, honestly, what I think is going to happen is uh, they'll just let – they'll work their way out. Uh, Hall will leave, and he'll go to the Senators and sign a one-year 18-mil deal. Rip them off too, <laughs> and then just just keep the never-ending process going. But I don't know. I feel like if they, I don't necessarily say that Eichel needs to be like removed, but I think there's a point where like if they can change enough player, like enough of the players around him, I guess you would kind of get a different feel for the team. Like I don't necessarily, I, I think keep him for now, but. They would probably have to see how much they could get rid of and dump. I was going to say get rid of everything else then. Like so, all, exactly. Like everything, like Ristolainen, Dahlin, Hall, Skinner. Oh, yeah. All yeah the, the, oh, yeah. Players, coaches, the ushers, the ticket. So we, we need a new arena. We need a new arena. We driven, can't even, it's cursed. I've driven past that arena a bunch of times. It's kind of shitty. It's kind of bad. Anyways, Niagara Falls. There you go. Play right on the falls. Yeah. Um, That's great. I know. What was I going to say? Oh, um, another thing that came out of that game last night, which I'm going to talk to about my 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 experience in a second here, is that um, they're in because they fired their head coach a couple games ago. Their interim head coach and interim assistant coach are in COVID protocol. So do you know who's coaching them tonight? Their general manager. That's amazing. <laughs> So I was really hoping you're not gonna, I was really hoping you were gonna say like a trainer. Like not gonna lie, uh, I would pay money to see De, uh, Dana Heinze like just be behind the bench with like the gloves on and then like the emergency. Uh, what, what do they call them? The uh, the uh, what, what do they call those things? I don't know the clip-on tie. What's like the no, the bag the bag around the waist with like his like his med kit the fanny pack. Oh, it's fanny pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that'd be amazing. And he's just out there like telling guys to go, and someone gets hurt, and he just like like magically just leaps over everyone and goes out and saves them. Because it's the Sabers, I have zero ex- expectation that they're going to win or do anything because of their coaches are out. But if it was the Penguins that had to face that adversity, and Dana Hines was the head coach, I would bet the farm on them winning that game. Do you know how good they'd play if Dana Hinesy was the freaking head coach? They'd win nine nothing. They'd win nine nothing. Dude, Crosby would get six hat tricks. Malkin would stop being injured and come out and and play. Oh, it gets me excited just thinking about it. They love him. I know. Oh my, Potash. 
no, no. Paul Stark, they get Mike Lang. No, I lied. Jesus I would rough to see Mike Lang be the face behind the bench. He needs to no. Mike Lang needs to coach an outdoor game. You need to get him in the hat. Get him in the uh, hey, vest. Get him the. Honestly, I would. I. I don't know, man. If I were them, I don't know, man. If if I were them and they and they were in the situation, I honestly, for all time's sake, I I feel like I would do it. That would be amazing. So last bit of hockey thing. Can you do play? Wait, no. Can you do play by? Can you do like play by play as he's behind the bench? Yeah, like he'll like call out lines. He's he's like. Oh yeah, that'd be amazing. Yo, Gino, your lines up. I score. You know that shit. Um, all right. <laughs> go ahead. What? He's like, Gino, go. Turn around. I go. I skate. I score. So last bit of hockey is that uh, I got to that game last night, the Sabres-Penguins game, and it was my first game uh, in the COVID. And I want to give the Penguins uh, their their due. They uh, spaced everyone out really well. They're, in my section, uh, we had a really good view, but we were up high. There's only two groups of people in the row it was me with the person i was with and then a group on the other end of the row so you didn't have people like crossing in front of you walking past and everything uh it was really spaced out well uh there's some annoying fans that would that were like howling during the game that got really old they're just like oh oh in the middle of the game it made me want to shoot myself in the head but other than that the game was a great experience and because I don't know. It's, I think it's different whenever you're like watching on TV than the actual game because you can see everything whenever you're at the arena. I had some uh, some takeaways I wrote down on my phone about the Penguins. Uh, first of Uh-oh. all, what? Frederick Goudreau. I think it was his, for one of his first games with the Penguins. He was like playing fourth line center. He uh, former Nashville Predator. He was with the uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins for a while there. He's good. He's the one that set up that Zach Aston Reese goal. He was on the breakaway and then he passed it over to Zach Aston Reese and scored. Uh, he was great defensively. He was, he's, he's really very fast player. He was very good with, uh, with and without the puck. I think he's the kind of guy that really fits into the penguin style really well. So if there's uh, I think he honestly should be in instead of Jankowski, whenever the team is fully healthy, but uh, it's a good, he's a good guy to have. If there's injuries in the playoffs too. Jared McCann is a player with a ton of skill. I don't know what, why he hasn't been able to fully put it all together yet, but if he reaches his full potential, he's a great third line center for the Penguins. He has a ton of skill out there. He is a hell of a shot. He's able to make the right passes and everything. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jared McCann after last night's game. And last, last thing I want to say, Zach Aston Reese that guy has broken out as an elite two-way player. He is amazing on the def- on the defense. He can strip the puck from anybody. He and he's he has like seven, six or seven goals this season. That guy is becoming an elite player, and the Penguins need to lock him and everyone on that. Uh, I, I think him and Bluger need to be locked up for long term. So that's my rant. Boom. Thank you for coming to Lucas's TED Talk. You can uh, subscribe. Whatever. All right. Subscribe at the unit report. Exactly. Well, how do you feel? Uh, what, what are your rea- What was your reaction? You watched the game, right? No. You didn't watch the game? No, the first period. Did I have a lot of... And we're in like midterm season, so... Midterm? It should be final season soon, man. Damn. I know. Five weeks left. All right. Well, 
nonetheless, uh, those are my um, takeaways. I'm going to keep an eye on Goudreau, McCann, and Aston Reyes. Cool. All right. Do you want to do a – you can take take reign of the NFL news. It's basically right. just a bunch of science. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to try to speed through it. Uh, Drew Brees announced his retirement. That was a while ago, but it's been a while since we've done the podcast. Then he, then he had a big uh, – he has a big broadcasting deal with – NBC, Fox? NBC, NBC. He's yeah, he's had that like since before he retired, but since he retired, yeah, I was gonna say that wasn't surprising. But uh, Corvette, Corvette, Juju Smith-Schuster's back. One year, eight million dollars. He had bigger offers elsewhere, but he signed uh, here. He had a bigger offer with Philly, Kansas City, Baltimore. and Baltimore. Yeah, yep. those three. Uh, real quick, how do you feel about that deal? Do you like that deal? Um, I think it's kind of nice seeing a guy, I guess, in the current, I don't want to say in the current state, but like, I guess kind of, you know, see a guy like actually care because he obviously kind of left. I, I believe Baltimore offered him what, three years, three years at nine or something like that. I think the only multi-year deal was Philly. I think Baltimore was one year, maybe was it? nine or 10 million, I think. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice to see someone like actually like like the team enough to like turn down the extra mill. Yeah. And, or like not leave for the different term. Like, I think that says a lot about a guy, especially like in the league now where it's just kind of like make as much money as you can. And like, who cares who's like, who it's with. Definitely. He, uh, he, uh, he definitely was very proud and, um, he was talking about how much he loved the city and the fans. So, yeah, so I think it went, it's going over very well with the fans, which I think he deserves. So, not certain pundits in the uh, in the city that don't like him. So, there's certain people that are uh, very anti it, but I think the I fan guess, base generally but, likes it. Yeah. Uh, Philip Lindsay, former running back of the Denver Broncos, was released and signs with Houston. So, he has to deal with that tire fire for the rest of the year. Um, Cleveland goes big on defense. They sign Malik Jackson, John Johnson, and Troy Hill. Uh, they spend a ton of money on offense the past few offseasons with guys like Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Jarvis Landry, but they're shoring up that defense. They're going to be a real player uh, this next season. Um, Will Fuller, another uh, former Texan, signs with the Miami Dolphins. Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick, signs with the Washington football team. He's going to be their presumptive starter. This season, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, former safety for the Raiders, signs with the New York Jets. Mitch Trubisky, the greatest quarterback of all time, signs with the Buffalo Bills. He will be their backup to Josh Allen. Uh, former Patriots safety Patrick Chung retires. Arizona Cardinals go big after already acquiring J.J. Watt. They sign AJ, uh, former Bengal wide receiver A.J. Green, uh, former Lion and Bronco kicker Matt Prater, who holds the record for the longest field goal in NFL history. And they trade for Raiders center Rodney Hudson. Uh, so keep an eye on them. They're going to be a really good team in that competitive NFC West. I have faith in them probably being uh, first or second seed and definitely a playoff team now that there's seven playoff teams in each conference. Uh, a former Cardinal, Patrick Peterson, signs with the Minnesota Vikings. And the second best quarterback in NFL history, Andy Dalton, signs with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Trent Williams of the 49ers signs a record deal, becomes the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history by $1,000. He beat number two by one grand. I, I forget the guy's name who's, who was number one. Uh, he plays for the Packers, and he uh, tweeted him. It was a funny exchange. 
it's nice to see the fellow units getting compensated for all of our hard work and dedication that we that uh, everyone has to endure. It's nice to see. Twenty three million dollars a year he's getting. Point point oh oh one, I think it is. <laughs> well deserved. Oh, absolutely, he's a freaking unit. Uh, last bit of thing, uh, NFL news. I forgot to put in here, but I, it's been everywhere, at least in Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool got into a bar fight. Oh boy, yeah, I saw the video. I can't. It, it's a terrible video, but it's it, it doesn't even California. look like it doesn't even look like a fight. It just looks like a bunch of shoving, like people shoving around, like. And then at the end, it just gets like broken up, and then the video ends. And I was like. Yeah, people are. There have been a lot of rumors about what it's going to mean for his future with the Steelers. I don't think it does anything. I mean, I mean, the thing it's kind of dumb because the video starts like if you look at the video, the video starts as soon as the like the shoving starts. So like, you know what I mean? Like before this, like literally like two seconds before this, some dude could have just walked up by him and just like started swinging at him. Mm-hmm. And if that happened, then you know, completely different outcome or I guess public view. So I feel like the fact that there's no like real start to the video and it's kind of just mid scrum that kind of makes it a little bit i guess fishy but yeah i i think it's it's stupid i don't think with the stuff that they let go with ben i don't think that they can care about a bar fight come on get that out of here that out of here any that's all for nfl news um i'm not saying anything don't you don't have to uh nba news today was the the trade deadline a lot of players moved i couldn't keep track of it all so i'm only going to go over the news that i had written down prior uh the houston rockets lost 20 consecutive games uh, after being a perennial championship contender for the past bunch of seasons after losing westbrook after losing harden they lost 20 games and they ended it with a win against the raptors so congrats to them on not losing 21 games in a row uh Miami Heat player Myers Leonard used an anti-Semitic slur on a live stream uh, when he was playing Call of Duty, and he was fined 50 grand and suspended a week for it. He was uh, traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder and then was uh, waived, so he lost. He completely lost his job because uh, he said a slur. So it goes to show you, don't say slurs on a Call of Duty live stream. It will come back to haunt you. March Madness started. Yeah, uh, we're on a, you know, NASCAR, uh, what do you call it, E, like E-Series race or whatever. Oh, yeah. We've seen a, yeah, we've seen a couple. I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but we've seen a couple guys do some stupid stuff on, like, Twitch or something. We talked about that. We talked about that, too. I forget who it was. I don't remember. I don't but, know. But, yeah, that was – yeah, it's pretty easy. Just don't say slurs whenever you have uh, thousands of people watching you. That's all that's probably the best option, but you know what? For people like this, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, slow them into it. You know, you gotta, let's start with not doing it on live streams and then we'll get it out of your vocabulary fully. So, you know, good on him. He lost his job. Screw that guy. Uh, now get into golf. I did football and basketball. You do golf. Golf. Oh, perfect. Um, Oh, wow, this is so outdated. So basically, we ended with the uh, the, Sh- the Shamba and Westwood saga. Um, the players was two two weeks ago. Oh, geez, we really haven't done a report in a while. Uh, but basically, it was the players tournament. Um, the Shamba and Westwood played together back-to-back weeks in the fourth round. In the fourth round, um, Thomas ended up just having an absolute – day 
I think he ended up finishing like six under or something, just like insane after. I think he was tied for, I don't know if it was seventh or something, but he was, I think it was only like minus four and everyone was else, everyone else was kind of at minus, I think it was like nine going into the day, but um, yeah, he just kind of took it by a, he just took off and exploded. I think West, Westwood came in second, I think. And then the Shambo came in third, something like that. And then, uh, or no, he came in fourth. I can't read. Um, anyway, uh, then this week we have the Dell, it's match play. So instead of like going, uh, I don't know how you word it, but instead of like based on like what you do each hole, now it's, it's, uh, you play on, you play for strokes against another guy. So it'll just be, you know, two back from the guy you're playing with. And uh, DeChambeau got beat by two by 58 seed. And DeChambeau's a second seed. So that was, that was, oof. that was rough. He's such a hitter. You don't have like, oh, I know. It was like, that was like, I didn't even know it was on. I just, I just was like fucking, I was like looking throughout, flipping through the thing. And it was like, oh, he got knocked out by a 58 seed. That's that's not good. But you know, credit to the guy that beat him. I don't remember who it was, but I saw the highlights and his short game seems incredible. If I could do anything remotely like that, like once in my life, just one of those shots, I'd I'd, I'd retire. Okay, but can the fifty-eight seed hit a three hundred and fifty-yard drive? No, but he can also he also has short game and can no 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 the shaman can pop. I think that's what we've seen this year. Historically, he was known for you know missing the turning, basically turning the ball into a missile, which is just absolutely incredible. Like I would view him as more. I would view a Mad Deshambo with like a forty-eight inch driver with like unlimited golf balls as more of a um, war threat to North Korea, but. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know. It was just it was just rough. It was I, just kind of hard to see. I, I know you've been playing for a while now because you're in Florida and it's always nice weather. But I had my yeah. first outing of the season last Thursday? I think it was Thursday. Maybe Friday. It was Friday, I think. I had my first birdie ever. I, had the, I played my best round ever. I'll tell you after we're done, but uh, we went and played a course, and I tried the driver, and it wasn't working, so I switched to the three-wood. I do have Colin as uh, verification, because we did indeed measure the distance twice. I'll tell you whenever, whenever we're done. Remind me to tell you okay. how far the thing went. But, like, we measured it accurately. All right. Wow. That's impressive. All right. Well, um, but yeah, I had my first birdie of all time. I was really happy about that. I had a great game. Uh, hole seven on Mount Lebanon, if you are familiar with the course. It was my uh, first birdie. It's an elevated drive, and you drive down, you know, you drive it down over to like uh, over the, it's like a curved fairway to the right. And I um, went right over, there's like this little valley. I went right over the valley, got right on the side, chipped it up onto the green put it onto the green into the hole it's a par four your boy got a three there you go very proud very proud it was uh one of my best accomplishments to date i think uh casually just cut off the the uh flag and leave oh yeah i i, I took the flag off the pole 
Like uh, I, it's a souvenir. Oh yeah. It was chilly that morning, and the and the guy working there, we were the only people there when we got there. He was like, "Are you seriously gonna do this?" Because I had a reserved tea time. And I was like, "Yeah." Like, what do you mean? He was like, "Yeah, you kids are crazy." And I was like, "I had a tea time, oh, buddy." It, it, it whenever we got out there, it was like 40, 45. Oh come on, that's pathetic. But then the sun. Okay, came, if it's a, like freezing, then it's like no. The but... su- the sun came. It was a little windy, so I'll give him that. But then the sun came out like two holes in, and it was probably like fifty five. Just wear pants and like a windbreaker and you'll be fine. I, Everyone's so weak. This is pathetic. You saw the pictures of me. I was wearing my uh my little zip up and I had pants. I was fine. I know. I don't know. We were all fine, but nonetheless, it was fun. It was a good time. Happy to get back into golf season. I've missed it. Um, I think that's everything for us this week. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Not really. I guess just end on a good note. The Tiger Woods released his first statement. Um I didn't see saying that, that I guess he's slowly recovering and I guess see see what his future is at some point but you know at least he's doing well because I don't know if you saw the pictures of his accident but yikes I I saw like the immediate ones that were like released like immediately but I didn't see anything else yeah no oh man well prayers up for him good news that he's uh released and getting better good to hear um so yeah we'll end it there do you want to wrap it for us pal Oh, Dale, wrap it up. Thank you for returning into this bi-weekly edition, I guess is what we're at at this point, uh, edition of the Inner Report. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Uh, is that everything? Maybe Pandora, I don't know. Maybe Pandora, but we don't know. I don't know <laughs> we don't check. We you don't can check. We don't check for anything. But, you, you check. Know, whatever. I'll check. I don't have Pandora. Me right, neither. Anyway, uh, whatever. Uh, we're on Twitter at the Interreport. If you want to, you know, send us some comments or hate mail, be great. We prefer hate mail, actually. We prefer we prefer hate mail. Maybe no threats, but like if you it doesn't kill like, you, makes you stronger. Thing. Exactly. If you want to put like this is the worst thing I've ever heard today, I would that'd be greatly. It would make my day. <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, we'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, a little bit of a preview for the next, you know, shameless plug here. Um, we're going with baseball starting up in a little less than two weeks. Uh, I think we're going to go pretty in-depth in some baseball predictions. Uh, you know, maybe some World Series winners. Um, I don't know, whenever... We'll see if waste management uh, renews their lease at Pantsy Park. I feel like they will, but that will be coming up next week. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you. Adios. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Unit Report. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at The Unit Report.